0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So here we are, mindfulness of thinking. So at the beginning of the meditation, I mentioned how up to this point, the meditation instruction has been to just stay with the anchor of the breath. And if a thought takes us away, we don't give it our attention, we let it go, and we come right back to the breath. And because of this really standard meditation instruction, let go thinking, uh, don't get engaged in it, uh, many meditators think that meditation is about getting rid of thoughts, um, when really that's actually not the goal of meditation. So the goal of meditation is to be free from suffering, to be liberated. Uh, And in order to be free, we need to learn to have a skillful relationship to our thoughts. Part of this skillful relationship is in knowing that our mind produces thoughts, and that's okay. The mind produces thoughts in the way the mouth produces saliva. It's just the function of that organ. It's nothing that we need to beat ourselves up about. And this doesn't mean that we're complacent with thoughts. We don't let them run wild. It just means that we don't need to be aversive to them, uh, that we don't need to get rid of them. So our skillful relationship to thoughts will also include letting go of them at times. But we don't need to reject them. There's a distinction there between uh, letting go of thoughts and pushing away thoughts. Koto uh, Conlin uses this image of we let go of thoughts just like releasing a balloon—a really light touch. There's no rejection there. And uh, one thing that can be helpful to rem- remember as we learn that our thoughts are not the enemy in meditation is to remember that thoughts can do wonderful things. We can have loving thoughts, generous thoughts, wise thoughts, like. All of the Buddhist teachings, uh, the Four Noble Truths, uh, these can all be transmitted because of thinking. We can have very onward leading thoughts. So another interesting aspect of thinking is that thoughts themselves occur in the present moment. And this is what we were exploring in the meditation, right? So their, their content is often in the past or the future. The content of the thoughts is taking us Uh, into ancient history and planning what we'll do next. Um, But thinking itself, regardless of the content, takes place in the now. So knowing this, we can learn to be mindful of thinking in the same way that we can be mindful of sights, smells, sounds, etc. As our practice with thinking matures and we stabilize in the present moment, We learn how to see our thoughts simply as additional phenomena arising in the present. And being able to incorporate our body, emotions, and thoughts in meditation, one of the impacts of this is that we're able to meet everything as worthy of our attention. And that's something that's so beautiful about Vipassana is nothing's left out. As we learn to include everything in mindfulness, nothing's excluded. Everything is included. Everything can be folded into our meditation practice. Because of this, there's no such thing as a bad meditator because of too much thinking. Thoughts are just another phenomenon to be mindful of. Now, the trick is it's hard to be mindful of thoughts. Because mindfulness of thoughts uh, isn't getting lost in the narrative, isn't getting lost in the storyline that the thought is weaving. It's being present, knowing that thinking is occurring. Um, Now, if the mind is really active and the thoughts have a lot of gravitational force, likely to kind of suck us up into their content, this is a good time to just practice letting go of thoughts. Because if we don't let them go, we're going to disappear into them. So this might be a time if the thoughts really have a ton of gravity that you might just do breath practice. Maybe not the best time to um, practice mindfulness of thinking if as soon as you look at it, you get sucked into it. Once the mind is more stabilized, though, we can begin to see thoughts more clearly. So on Monday, I spoke about mindfulness of breathing, and I use this analogy of a tripod. When we practice focusing on the breath, and, uh, and letting go of thoughts, this stabilizes the mind much like a steady tripod. So when a tripod is steady, we can put a telescope on it and see the stars much more clearly than we ever could before. If the tripod isn't steady, we're not gonna see much of anything. So in the same way, when we focus on the breath and let go of our thoughts, our mind becomes steady and we can see the mind much more clearly. And from that place, we can begin begin to see more clearly how our thoughts function as process rather than as content. So um, we begin to be able to see more clearly whether we think more in images or in words, um, whether the thoughts have a tone of voice, like you might discover that certain thought patterns might have a critical voice of a parent or the loving voice of a sibling. some, some thoughts may not have a distinctive tone at all, but uh, we, kind of, we can get to see um, how our thoughts are speaking to us. It um, can be incredibly helpful to notice the physical sensations associated with thinking, um, that even often pleasant thoughts will have some level of contraction in the body. We can begin to investigate our, the way our emotions go along with our thoughts Uh, and we can see how how compelling they are. We can see how they they pull us into their gravity. So these are all great things to investigate uh, because these observations over time, they begin to show us how flimsy thoughts are. Some teachers talk about thoughts as being like little holograms or energy wisps. Uh, And yet, as Joseph Goldstein said, if we're not aware, thoughts are little dictators saying, get married, get divorced. Uh, So when we can see them for what they are, we learn that we don't have to believe them. They don't have to be the dictators of our life. And this is one of the most freeing experiences to realize, that we don't have to live by limiting fears that we don't have to believe our judgments, that we don't need to be enticed by our addictions. We don't have to take our thoughts so personally or believe them. I have a refrain that I often say to myself, the thought is not the thing. The thought is not the thing. We so often mistake um, our concepts of things, our thoughts about them, as the actual thing. But our thought is not the thing. The concept is not the actual experience. As the great teacher Munindraji said, your thought of your mother is not your mother. So, As we begin to see this, we start to let go of our obsession with thoughts um, when we realize how often they're false prophets, that the news is not always good and the, the news is not always true. So another aspect to consider regarding thoughts is that they're not ours, nor did we deliberately choose to put them there. If I sing the line, we all live in a yellow, I bet a certain word popped into your head. (laughs) Uh, It might have been submarine. So if you grew up listening to the Beatles or familiar with them, uh, that conditioned what happened in your mind. You didn't intentionally put that there. You didn't put that thought there, did you? It was conditioned. So... There's a way that we think uh, that our thoughts feel so personal and like if we think something that does that seems unwholesome or unethical that we're a bad person for thinking that. But it's all conditioned. Uh, thoughts are impersonal and imper- in, uh, impermanent. Thoughts are impersonal and impermanent, um, but we give them so much weight. And it can be helpful to remember that We don't need to be bothered by our thinking. I often relate to my own thinking as (laughs) off-gassing. The pancreas produces insulin and the mind produces thoughts. No big deal. It's just how that organ functions. And uh, when we begin to question the stories of suffering that we tell ourselves, so much room can open up. We still think Thinking is an incredibly helpful thing that we do, but the thinking is lighter, less believable. It no longer reigns over the castle. So here's a quote by Guy Armstrong. "The The deeper purpose of meditation is not simply to enjoy moments of calm as rewarding and meaningful as they are but to understand deeply how our minds lead us into unhappiness so that we can stop the activities that lead to those states. To reach this understanding, we have to learn to observe thoughts with as much presence and discernment as we bring to the seeing of breath. Another way that we can do this is by getting to know the patterns of thoughts. I mentioned this in the meditation. Often we'll have repeating tracks, and it can help to name them, kind of like the top top 10 hits of your thinking mind. If you have a repeating track, you might name it. Planning, or wedding thought, or judgment, or football game thought. And remember, don't follow the content. If you want to get to your destination, you need to stay on the freeway. Don't get off at an exit. If you get caught in the content of your thinking, it's like getting off at the exit. Stay on the freeway. I lived for a number of years at Tassajara Zen Monastery in the Ventana Wilderness. And each month, the community would have a full moon ceremony where we would renew our vows and perhaps the most central vow in the zen tradition is the bodhisattva vow i vow to save all beings and one of my teachers at tasahara leslie james put a playful twist on the bodhisattva vow uh, by altering it to say i vow to save all beings from what i think of them (laughs) While this is a little cheeky, it's also right on target. Um, Our thoughts about others can cause a lot of harm. The acts of killing, stealing, lying all begin with thoughts. So if we can get to know the mind and see the insubstantial, insubstantial and the selfless nature of thinking, we have much greater agency in choosing what thoughts we want to act on. A thought about killing, stealing, and lie- lying, red light, don't do that. <laughs> Thoughts about shaming, bla- blaming, or othering, red light, don't act on that. Thoughts based in kindness, uh, compassion, renunciation, it's green light, yeah, that's a good one to act on. So our level of agency is equal to our level of awareness. Our level of agency is equal to our level of awareness. So if we are aware of our thoughts, we have greater agency. We have greater choice in what we do in our life. And we can make skillful choices to to move towards awakening and to reduce harm in the world. So I will close by reminding you that the thought is not the thing. Don't mistake your ideas of others for who they really are. If you want to help others, practice mindfulness of thinking. If you want to help yourself, practice mindfulness of thinking. So may all beings be free from what we think of them. Thank you very much. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And I'll go ahead and I'll put that, uh, the quote that I read from Guy Armstrong in the chat. I saw that somebody was interested in that. (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone.